Hello and good morning. Welcome back to the Wild Wisdom Wellbeing guest slot with me, Robin Harris of Equenergy Wellbeing Naturally. And today I have the wonderful Jane Morris with me from Freedom and Ease. And Jane uses the Alexander technique. And uh, I'm going to ask you, Jane, if you would share a little bit more about your own journey. First of all, if you would Tell us a little bit more about you and then about your journey and why you just love the Alexander Technique. It was lovely just looking at your website and seeing all the fantastic things that you share about it. So, uh, yeah, if you would tell us why you uh, have been using the Alexander Technique and what it's done for you. Lovely. Well, morning, Robin. Morning, everyone. It's lovely to be here. So, um, I've been teaching Alexander Technique. I was thinking, actually, it's almost four years to the day, I think, since I qualified. I think one day next week it is. And I tend to work with um, women, kind of 40, 45 plus, who are starting to struggle with lingering back pain. You know, they've tried many things and it just doesn't seem to be able to be resolved. And, and unsurprisingly, that's how I found the technique. So I struggled for many years with back and neck pain and uh, stress. And I tried many things, particularly for the pain. And they absolutely helped me to kind of get through the week or get through the day. But I always needed to go back. And I was lucky enough one day for a friend to say to me, have you tried Alexander Technique? And if I'm honest, I was, I was really, really looking for something to help me. And, um, and I said, I haven't, I've never heard of it. I'll do anything, what do I have to do? So um, she gave me the number of the teacher that she'd worked with and I contacted that teacher. And I think what caught my attention about the Alexander Technique was that it, it gave me hope that things could change. Not that things would be you know, perfect all the time or that anything would shift overnight, but that there was a possibility that I could do something that would help myself. And having been in pain for such a long time, it, it can be quite disempowering. And mm -hmm. often feel like you're kind of giving your power away to other people. Now, and it's not lovely that they help you, obviously it's absolutely marvelous. But having a little bit of something for myself is what caught my attention in that first lesson. And the reason it gave me that possibility of hope and change was that as the teacher worked with me, I was starting to do things without the pain. And I was like, mm -hmm, this is interesting. This, this catches my curiosity, what is this? Um, and the fact that I would be learning something. So I'm, I love learning. I'm a great learner, I'm endlessly curious. So um, it caught me in both of those ways. Um, and I'd always prided myself on my brain. I kind of lived my life in my brain and I didn't have a lot to do with my body and I didn't really pay much attention to it. And so it appealed to that part of me as well, because my brain, I could feel my brain going, oh, we'll learn something, that's exciting. But at the same time, this sense of actually, I'll have a much better awareness of myself and how I move and the wholeness of myself. So I was hooked. So I decided to retrain. And in fairness, I had been looking for a career change as well, but this hooked me. Um, obviously, I'd had a number of lessons, but not, not that many when I decided it, because it really did hook me fast. And you can train in Bristol. So I trained at the Bristol School, where I live. And uh, it takes three years. So I did that training part-time while working. And then just before I qualified, I um, decided that I would do uh, the teaching full-time. And so I left my job, and uh, that's what I've been doing ever since. And I just love what you're saying about how holistic it is and the fact that it hooked you in from your brain. And we do often, don't we, spend so much time in our analytical head space and not connected to our body space. And while that was a hook in for you, oh, Alexander Technique, I could learn something new, it might help me, that's very exciting but it was connecting, it was also connecting your headspace to your body that so often we don't spend an awful lot of time listening to. And particularly, I think possibly through lockdown, 
mm. pandemic being home-based so many of us and using things like kitchen tables and the sofa at home as our workspace and I was just reading this morning um, a, an article that was written by somebody here in Abergavenny, uh, Stefan Grabner, who's an Amatsu therapist, and he was saying it's a largely posture, that our bodies are being held in unnatural postures that we're not used to, and then we get tension, and when we get tension we quite often get an injury, a back problem or a neck problem or whatever, because we're not holding ourselves and moving ourselves in the ways that our bodies need. So the fact that Alexander Technique addresses all of these things, brings them together, uses them holistically, I think that's just fabulous. And the fact that you can experience less pain, a relief of the pain that you're feeling and greater mobility, movement, all of these things. Yeah, and, and freer and easier movement because mm. I think that many of us, you know, our thinking affects the way that we move, the way that we sit, the way that we... Um, respond in situations yeah. absolutely and so we work with our in alexander technique we work with our thinking mm. and how that affects our bodies mm. but also another thing that i love we learn not um not detailed anatomy but anatomy that's we call it body mapping so if we have an idea that we're designed in a certain way that's how we will move because unconsciously mm. that's what we're asking for mm. even though we don't necessarily know that we're doing that and um so what we learn is is actually how we're designed to move how we you know what are, what are, what does our map look like now and how might we get it closer to what it's actually like where things actually are how they're designed to move and um one of the things linked to that that i often say to well to anyone that will listen but to my clients <laughs> that, um, sitting is like an olympic sport you know sitting for 10 hours a day it's like an olympic sport but without any training because no one's no one's told us how to do it without we, we you know we spend lots of money on the right chair or the right setup and then as you say if we're at home we don't necessarily have those things but actually to have some awareness and ability to think about well how do i organize myself in these different settings can then help in the way that you were just talking about to make it a little bit easier a little bit more comfortable um, also to remind ourselves to get up and move. You know, how many times have you, well, I'll only speak for myself, but how many times in the past had I sat there and then all of a sudden thought, actually, I'm really, really, really uncomfortable. But I'd probably been uncomfortable for an hour or two because it took that long to notice. Whereas because we're developing our awareness and our understanding and tuning in with what's going on in the whole of us and listening for those signals, we pick it up earlier so we can move a little bit earlier or we can think actually oh hang on a minute what am i doing am i collapsing or am i being drawn into the screen because it's so i'm so curious about what's going on but we've lost or because ourselves. i need to see the faces on the zoom <laughs> yeah or driving can see the sign you know all of those things and and so that the more awareness we have which is where we start in alexander technique really developing that awareness of how we go about things how are our, how is our thoughts affecting how we move? How, you know, our habits are strong and they go throughout many of our movements. So I often say as well that, you know, we sit in the way that we stand, we walk and we run or we move. Subtly different, but actually the habits will come through. And so we're starting to really tune into that and then to notice how our thinking affects it, how we might be doing things, how our beliefs might affect it. So if we think we need to work hard, we will work hard and put 150% in. Um, yeah. But actually many people put a little bit less in and have a little bit more energy. And that's, I, I went when I was in Bristol to uh, um, an Alexander practitioner myself to find out more about it because I've heard about it and was fascinated by this whole concept. And because I love it ties in so well with what I do around beliefs. Mm. Beliefs have such an impact on our body. We think it's just up here, but it's not. It's 
throughout the whole of our being, the way yeah. that we hold ourselves, the way that we move. And those beliefs aren't beliefs aren't only around how our body is structured and well, I should be this, you know, this way is the way that supports my well-being the most. But it's also just around, well, life is a struggle and I have to push hard to get through. Or uh, I have to fight for the things that I want. These thoughts that go through our head that become beliefs that are played out in our bodies because we'll hold tension in certain ways or we will, you know, people who maybe clench their jaws have problems in their neck, their shoulders, their TMJ, all of these things. Perhaps it would be good to explore thoughts and beliefs around life, around the world, around our experiences that might actually be contributing to that and then to find ways to address it, perhaps through something like the Alexander Technique. And the woman that I went to, she was talking about, look at Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire is <laughs> graceful and just makes it look like he's gliding across the floor with no effort whatsoever. But actually, like a, a ballerina or something, his muscles are so toned, but they're working in the way that they're meant to work. So there's the poise. It's not about, I must sit ramrod straight, but it's about what is my body, where is it in best balance? Where is it working? And I love that idea of we, our bodies have this structure that is designed to work in a certain way and move in a certain way and hold itself in a certain way. And I talk about the body having a blueprint and that every single cell knows what it needs in order to be at its optimum. But that's also true for the whole, the whole body. What keeps it in best balance? How does it work to its optimum? And then not only structurally in terms of our muscles and our bones, but the internal digestion and can we breathe properly when we're sitting like this? All of these things, that holistic, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's probably one of the things that caught my attention as well about mm -hmm. Alexander's technique, because as I said earlier, because it, it caught my brain, but at the same time, there was a thought that maybe my view of my body and my, my relationship with my body, because I very much thought of it as a separate thing, kind of, yeah. I'm living from here, you know, the chin up. And this, oh, everything down here is just kind of, you know, it's like a tap. It just gets me brain. from A to B, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and even then, quite often, I thought not very successfully, if I'm honest. Um, and so I think that that idea that I might have a greater connection with the whole of myself and understand myself a little bit better and be able to be curious and interested. And in a sense, I love to solve puzzles, solve the puzzle of myself. Now, clearly, that's an endless thing to connect with. And that's what's so amazing. Exactly. But, but that that idea that I would know more and I would be able to be more of myself and more in balance and more more poised and, and more more comfortable more of the time. And just... that concept I think of working with rather than working against. Mm. That this body is a part of who I am and when I can work with it, it'll be more comfortable, I'll be happier all of these things because they're it's all working in sync rather than the body's wanting this and the head's going no 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 i just want to do this but actually realizing that well when we support each other i can do more of what i want and you get to do more of what you want in more comfort absolutely because i think you know um I, I call when we get that kind of brain i want to do this i want to do that I call it tight brain well if you have a tight brain we have a tight body but actually, and, and I think one of the things, and, and it, there may be other things that do this, but what was new for me in Alexander's technique was even in the most stressful of moments, I found the remembering that I actually had a body and I wasn't just a brain helped me to feel a little bit more grounded, a little bit more present, didn't necessarily make things any easier, but I could at least be there and, and the whole of me be there. And that was, if I'm honest, it was a revelation to me to just kind of think actually, if I can do nothing else when I'm feeling really challenged and really stressed, then think I can feel my feet on the ground and I can feel my bottom on the chair and I can feel my body. I am here and I am safe in this moment. 
um, actually, it was phenomenal because I it's don't ever stayed up here. It's huge. And that's exactly the thing, isn't it? When we're all up here, our energy is completely up here. We aren't grounded and we're not centered. And although our thinking, we think, comes from up here, we don't have the clarity if we don't have that groundedness, do we? Because the thoughts are just scattered and they're going every which way. But to re-center yeah. them, bring them back down, bring our energies down in the work that I do, we talk about bringing our energies down back into our core, being aware of our feet on the floor, our bottom on the chair, whatever that might be. And just, I am a person, I'm, I'm here as a whole being and I need to look after myself mm. rather than just be scattered, worried about things up here somewhere. And I think, like you say, it may not make things, the challenges that we're facing in that moment any easier, but it gives us so many more resources to deal with them because we have better clarity and we know it's not the end of the world. It's no longer huge. It, it gives us, I think, a better sense of proportion, a better sense of perspective when we can do that and just yeah and i think it's like a virtuous, a virtuous circle rather yeah. than a vicious circle so the more i can work with my body the more i can let go of tension the more i can remember that i'm here the more i can be present the more actually i find there's there's space in my thoughts to notice if they're scattered or to notice if actually i'm getting ahead of myself or i need to just take a moment to think whereas when i for myself when I was up here that that just wasn't I wasn't possible I was off and racing I describe it as kind of being three quarters away down the road before I even know I've set off and I love that concept of being so far ahead of myself that I'm not connected nearly anymore mm -hmm. because that's something that I would have fallen prey to a lot and sometimes when you get those moments of there's just so much going on and I have so much to do, I still find myself like trying to run too far ahead and then after like, no, no, come back, I'm here. Yeah, and it's for me, it's always a work in progress. But I think Absolutely. that that's also what's, what's, for me, I find interesting is that there's always more to learn. There's always more to be curious about. There's always more to notice. So the more attuned we become, the more that there is. And that, that keeps me interested and it keeps me engaged. I think if I thought that I'd just learn it and then I'd kind of put it on a pile, I have a habit of that and thinking, oh, I've done that now. But actually for this, it really keeps me constantly noticing because obviously life is different. Every situation is different. Every moment is different. And, um, and I find that just fascinating as well. And I, I just, yeah. All this and I think when I love. Absolutely. And when we can develop that sense of openness, curiosity, not, not having to label or judge and just, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what I can learn from that. Because I'm like you, just love to learn all the time. Every day is a school day. But you start then to learn it as oh, that's exciting. And even things that maybe before it's a problem and it's a big, heavy weight suddenly become, oh no, that's a challenge. That's something I could really get my teeth into. That's something that has so much to teach me. I have so much to learn and I can grow and I can be even more me. You know, it's, it's just that sense of motivation. It's not stress anymore. It's more the adrenaline of, adrenaline of excitement and you just never want to stop. Yeah, it's really, and I, I think, um, I think it also helps you to notice those situations where you are getting into, uh, you know, it, it's not it's not making everything perfect. And I think that for me, that kind of perfectionism was a, is a, is and continues to be a challenge. But it helps me work with that and kind of work with, well, this is where we are. What can my next step be? How can I, how can I be as free and easy in this moment? Not the kind of the perfection of that so it's always it's always a kind of a constant working and and progress really and and noticing and yeah and i think that takes the pressure off that i don't need to get to perfection all i'm aiming for is the best that i can do in this moment and acknowledging that with self-compassion and forgiveness that my best might not be perfection today 
but that's okay. I'm All I'm looking for is the best that I can do right now. And it might not even feel as good as yesterday's best, but I'm learning, I'm growing. Things are shifting and changing. And just because it doesn't maybe feel as good as yesterday's, it's not to say that it isn't. It may even be better because maybe I'm dealing with more challenges today. But just, I'm just learning. Today in this situation, in these circumstances, I'm able to do this. And tomorrow, I'll already have learned that, I can add something more. And I, I think also for me, recognizing when I still get into that pattern though, yeah. and recognizing when, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best version of self-compassion or noticing and then I realize oh actually I've noticed slightly sooner that actually I'm trying to control everything or I'm trying to be perfect or I'm striving and I think being able to be okay with the fact that that is the situation and accept you know the awareness as, as you said in a non-judgmental way that actually that is what is happening yeah and and in this moment so one of the things that we work with in Alexander Technique is trying to increase choice so yes. rather than following our habit can we have a choice? And that doesn't mean we might not choose to do it in that way if we need to achieve something or we need to do it, but we'll have chosen rather than finding ourselves three quarters of the way through um, already kind of doing it in the way that we've always done it. Actually, there might be another way to approach this, be this um, a task in the office, a task at home, you know, a run or a walk in the countryside or whatever it is that we're, we're, we're doing. We're actually looking to to be able to choose to do it in the the way that we're able in that moment and in mindfulness they use that as well and they talk about yeah. responding versus reacting living consciously versus and with awareness versus just living through habit and that we don't have to do the same thing all the time we can try something different and maybe that will work better because if I'm doing that consciously, I'm listening to my body, I'm seeing how I feel in terms of balance and all of those aspects and trying to bring them more into line. Yeah, and, and some people have, have heard them describe Alexander's technique as uh, mindfulness in action. Yeah. So that kind of, because it is about being present, about mm -hmm. present with yourself, present with the task, present with the environment that you're in. And um, one of the things I'm often saying to people is that what we're trying to do is we're working with being as important, ourselves being as important as the task that we're achieving. And so that we, so then you've got balance there as well, you know, and sometimes we'll achieve that and sometimes we might not, but we're learning from that. And if we can keep a sense of the space that we're in, you know, maybe look away from the screen sometimes, allow ourselves to come back to the room remember the space behind us, above us, all around us, that kind of gives us context as well, mm. as well as the awareness of ourselves and the awareness of the task. And you're balancing all of those in any moment to be as present as you're able to be to accomplish whatever it is that you're, you're working with. And like you say, with choice. So I might choose that for the next five minutes, actually, I need to just be completely task focused. But then after I've done that, I can come back and rebalance that by bringing in more of me. And I love as well that you're looking at the environment because so often we just look in isolation. That's the way our society looks at a thing. So, oh, my shoulder hurts or, oh, my back hurts. And we just look at that pain in that area versus, well, what is my environment? What's my outer environment that maybe isn't supporting me? What's my inner environment that maybe isn't supporting me? How can I address those in order to support my shoulder, my back? Uh, yeah, and, and I think also um, we, we kind of look at all of that in, in an Alexander Technique session, but we'd also quite often, if someone will come to me with back pain, they might, after a couple of lessons, say to me, why, why are we working with my feet and my ankles? <laughs> Yeah. But we, we often work very indirectly because mm. Um, mm, this doesn't always work, this, but this analogy works well for me. So if I think of a beautiful tablecloth laid out lovely and smooth on a table, it's absolutely beautifully, per perfectly positioned. But if I pull one corner, it's not only the one corner that's pulled out of shape, it's the whole tablecloth. 
And so quite often we'll work in, well, the, the, well, the individual is working because we're teaching them, but we're working indirectly. So with back pain, we might be working with uh, making sure their feet are really in contact with the floor. Can they free up their ankles or their knees or their hips? Do they understand where their knees and hips are so that we can bend from those places? So as well as the, you know, as well as looking at, well, how is it that when you carry out an activity, how do you do it? What can you notice about it? Oh, okay, so what's what's not serving you so well now that you want to change? So for me, if I think about the, because I had, well, I had back pain all over, but lower back pain particularly, and a lot of it was from sitting in a chair very slumped, but also when I bent, I bent from the waist, always. And obviously the overuse of that, so it's not that we're not able to move in that way, but actually the big joints is where we're designed to move from. So bringing that awareness that actually maybe I could be in the same chair, but sit a little bit more easily in that chair because I can think about if I'm coming forward, I come forward from my hip joints rather than from my waist, which would have been my habit. Actually, that begins to change things as well. Not to say you might not look at the chair or the environment as well, but it's it's kind of balancing all of those and, and um, thinking about those situations where maybe you can't change the environment. So if you go to the theatre or you go out somewhere and the chair is the chair that's there, I don't know, a meeting, when we get back to those, um, how can I be as comfortable as I can be? But also, I think giving ourselves permission that if we need to stand up, that we take that permission. So we don't think, oh, I shouldn't do that because everyone will wonder what's going on. Actually, how do I take care of myself to be the best I can be in this meeting or this situation? So I think, I think you're right. We're, we're looking at all of that and then giving yourself choice and, and permission to do what you need to do to be as comfortable as you can be. And I once remember I went to uh, an Alexander Group meeting. It was mm. a kind of a taster for a job that I was doing at the time. Mm. And the facilitator was saying, notice the muscles. So you're talking there about joints, but also notice the muscles that you're using to do something, even as simple as lifting up a cup. Yeah. Are they the muscles that you are the most appropriate for doing that task? Are you bringing in other muscles that actually don't need to be active in that task at all? Because you might be using energy that you don't need to be using for that task because maybe you're holding tension somewhere, you're using muscles that, like you were saying with the back, the movement, is that the best muscle or muscle group or muscle chain that you're, that uh, are needed for that for that task, which was really kind of one of those light bulb moments for me. Yes. Oh, maybe I'm doing something, but actually I'm using a whole other set of muscles that I shouldn't be using at all, which is quite common, I think, isn't it, with things like um, standing up, sitting down, bending, lifting things up, because we're we're using the muscles that are meant for something else to do that task, and then wondering why it's not working very well. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I think, you know, um, a, a, a kind of classic one when we're sitting is the shoulders. You know, how often when we're maybe typing, do we find that our shoulders are up here holding our arms up? Or yeah. do we think we need to do something to hold ourselves up? So you, you mentioned earlier about not sitting kind of in that very straight up position. But how many of us feel that like that's kind of the right position or we've been told to put our shoulders back or... Yeah, stand up straight. Things. And so, yeah, so I think we, we, we're working with that kind of, that's why we start with the noticing. So what do you notice? Oh, you know, so I noticed uh, during my training, I, I tell people, I, I thought, I, thought I, you know, I, I had a lot of work to do uh, with my upper body. And um, I noticed one day my corridor at home is quite narrow. And I had a cup of coffee in my hand and I was carrying it along the corridor to go upstairs. And my elbow, banged into the side of the corridor and I was like what what's what, that doing out there <laughs> what is that so <laughs> I realized that well it's probably this arm but um I realized that actually quite often even something like a coffee cup I, I, I had this whole sense of the whole of this had to be up here and actually 
oh, that's quite interesting, or I could let go. So sometimes our environment also gives us that feedback because you know I kind of came in contact with it and I hadn't noticed that at all so absolutely we use you know it's not that muscles don't need to work absolutely they do like in your example with Fred Astaire but it's allowing the right parts of us to do the jobs they're designed for and you know not our shoulders not thinking that they need to hold us up all of the time by being up here or our bottom doesn't need to be clenched the whole time to keep us upright or our toes don't need to curl to take hold of the floor. You know, all these different things that as you become aware, even being in aware of it, you can then kind of go, oh, do I need to do that? And that's a great first step mm. in terms of, of beginning to change and, and uh, be able to do something with perhaps a little bit less energy. And then obviously the, the use of different muscles then changes and shifts as well as using the, the kind of big joints for the the jobs that they're designed for. It, it all just becomes such a, a fascinating, never-ending... Oh, we've lost you, Jane. Oh, no, it's all gone a bit wrong. Hang on a second. Lost the picture. There we are. Sorry. I was trying to... <laughs> it's gone again. Screen. I'm here. Apologies. <laughs> it's I was trying fine. to get something off my screen that was covering you. That's the problem, isn't it, when it's touch-sensitive screen? Mm. Thank goodness all we lost was your picture. We didn't lose you. But yeah, just um, interesting. It's a, it's a never ending learning possibility, isn't it? And, and growth possibility and um, interest and curiosity. There's always something more to explore, always something more to learn about me, always a new way to support myself by changing something that I do, trying it a different way, seeing what works. And I suppose as we grow and change, that will grow and change as well. Would that be the case? Uh I think so, because I think that the more we become aware, so to start with, we notice the big habits. So the big things that we kind of, you know, that so for me would have been shoulders up by my ears, head back, bottom clenched, you know, that kind of those big, big, big habits that came through in everything that I did. But then as you start to learn to kind of pause and let go of those, then you start to notice things that maybe are a little bit more subtle or they might be they may have always been there but they might be the next layer down as it were the next layer underneath um and uh or you might notice that it becomes situational so if there's a particular thing that you find challenging so uh, for me i find hoovering quite challenging because i'm not that keen on it and but what i notice is that it also depends on the kind of how quickly I think I need to do it. How do, if I can actually pause before I begin and think, okay, I am actually choosing to do the hoovering as opposed to thinking I have to do the hoovering, then there's a whole different sense of myself before I even begin. Mm. Now, I use that as a, a kind of simple example because I think many people probably feel similarly about the hoovering. But if you think about other things, you know, tasks within your, your job, are there tasks that you come to it thinking, brilliant, I can't wait. So what do you notice about the way that you come to that then? How do you feel? What's happening within yourself? How's your balance? How's your poise? Versus, oh, I've got to do this thing now. Well, actually, if I can pause before that, notice and think, oh, okay, I don't have to like the task. I'm not suggesting we may become that, that we enjoy it a little bit more. But if I can pause and think, actually, I don't need all that extra tension to bring to the task, as well as the fact that the task I've got to do, actually, that also starts to help to shift things and change things as well. So, and I think often we might not know, you know, some people do, it depends. Everything is very individual, but I know for myself, it was those big habits first, and then it became the subtler and the more, the more uh, underlying ones that I started to notice and also then noticing, oh, what's happening? So I'm thinking about this and I'm, I'm not even there and I'm already, my jaw is tight and I'm not breathing and I'm, I know, you know, I'm not even present in that thing and I'm already exhibiting probably what's gonna happen. So how can I pause, allow myself to breathe, remember my sit bones and my feet on the floor, you know, and start to use the technique and the skills that you learn to come to a task a little bit more easily um, a little with a little bit more freedom before I begin as well. 
That's so huge. I've actually just been on a call with a client and that's exactly what she was experiencing before she gets to work. This could happen, this could happen, this could happen. And she said she's going in there preparing for every single possibility that she can bring to mind. She's already dealt with them before she walks in the door. Only when she walks in the door, none of them happen. It's something completely different. But her energies have already scattered. They've already dealt with so many things that it's exhausting. So that that is it's a that being twenty steps ahead of ourselves again, isn't it? Yeah, and and I think and it is exhausting. And and I think that also we're then not as equipped to deal with what actually does happen because we've already used so much energy thinking about what might happen, but also kind of holding that tension that comes with that thought of that fact that these things will happen and what will I do? Yeah. And so will I be able I think, to cope? Yeah, absolutely. And so um I think that one of the things uh, people often notice when they learn Alexander technique is that they feel like they have more energy. But I think it's because they're perhaps directing their energy to the things that they wish and need to direct it to rather than that excess energy use kind of ahead of time or, or even in the moment. It's such a common thing, isn't it, that people feel lacking in energy. They feel exhausted. They feel tired all the time. They're not sleeping well. And it all kind of starts to build from there. But if we did more of this kind of work, how much that would help to not spend our energy where it doesn't need to go, either in our thought process, because we are three quarters of the way down the road before we've left, or that you know, we're holding it in terms of tension, because that is exercise. That, that tension is exercise for our muscles, for our body. It's tiring. So if we can be present and just know I'm actually right here, right now, and all I'm dealing with is the right here and the right now, and I'm letting go of some of that tension because I'm very conscious and noticing what my body's doing and how it feels in balance. I've got so much more of that energy back. I'm using it in the things that I want to use it for, not for all of those things that were previously going on in the background and I wasn't conscious, I wasn't aware of. Absolutely. And, and I think that, um, well, I think of it as liberating absolutely i agree yeah liberating myself and and even you know when i'm having the moments where i'm like actually this is still challenging i'm still working with it thinking actually but how much how much further am i on my journey and how much more kind of liberating of my kind of sense of myself and the energy that i have and and that ability to then be able to use it for what i want rather than having used it without even knowing that i was using it um and and obviously it's always a work in progress but. but I think the more that we're doing something that brings us consciousness, that brings us awareness, the more we start to enjoy it and the more we start to realise, actually, this is really empowering me and I feel so much better. And then it just, you want to do more of it. It's a self-perpetuating thing. And we start to feel better and we feel more empowered and we notice that things, I don't know if easier is the word, but we have the resources we notice, actually, I dealt with that. Previously, I would have been really worried about it. It might have actually brought up fear or whatever within me, but today I just maybe not sailed through it, but it was an awful lot less arduous and draining and exhausting and overwhelming and all of these things than it had been previously. And, and yeah, and I think that, that that draws out a really important point that I, I talked to with my clients that, about the importance of practicing. <laughs> so um, I always give homework. I even call it homework, even though not everyone likes the idea of homework. But but because you're mm. learning with Alexander Technique, mm. you know, you, actually, the more you're able to practice, the more you're able to experiment in outside of the lessons and the sessions that we have, the more that you will become aware, the more that you'll be able to apply, the more that you'll learn. And as you say, yes, I find that people are very, um, well, myself too, we're motivated by the fact we see results. We start to notice. Um, but one of the flip sides of that, which I think is often challenging to work with as well, is that obviously the more we pay attention, the more we notice. 
And so there's a risk then of going, oh, I've done that again. But actually, what I try and say is, no, every time we notice something, we have to do a little happy dance and a celebration because we've noticed it. So now we can do something about it rather than it being disempowering. Actually, it's empowering because there's now a chance to go, oh, I do that. That's interesting. Rather than sailing through and not noticing and not being able to. So, But it, it can sometimes be a fine line because we can start to notice many, many, many things that perhaps we didn't know we did and notice them repeatedly. And so that's where I think the thing you mentioned earlier of that kind of self-compassion and self-kindness of knowing that habits are strong, but we need to welcome them because they've helped us. They've got us where we are. Just because we might want to choose to have some new ones and to change some of the ones that aren't serving as well, doesn't mean we shouldn't celebrate the ones that have got us here and then say thanks, but for now I want to do it this way. Or um, I sometimes talk about like letting them go on a little holiday somewhere beautiful <laughs> they'd like to go while you experiment with something different. Um, just to try and keep, I mean, often I say things that are a little bit silly because I think that lightness you can bring helps with learning because it's really hard to learn when you're really serious and you're kind of wanting to get it right because all of our habits come in then when if we can be light and playful with the fact that that's the 500th time I've noticed that, yay, 500 celebrations as a 500, opposed to 500 commiserations and another holiday for that habit, we can then kind of um, continue to learn and continue to move forward. I love all of that and that's probably why I love what you do so much because that's exactly the sort of things I say to, you know, use humour laugh with yourself so that oh there I've gone 500th time yay and celebrating those then they may not feel like wins always but celebrate the little wins mark the movement that you are making forward because otherwise if you see 500 times then you think oh my goodness I'm getting nowhere but also for me it's remembering that when something maybe we feel oh I've dealt with that already why is it come back you're dealing with the new aspect of it. It's not the same thing. You have actually moved forward and it's that celebration of, like you were talking before about maybe I have these big issues that I notice them first and then they're the subtler ones. So the big issues maybe were masking the other ones that were underlining. So maybe I've noticed the upper layer and then when I am able to send that off on its little holiday, I notice the next layer and it kind of looks similar but it will be different. There'll be something in that that is new and yay, I've noticed something new to deal with. It, it's it's that kind of challenge, isn't it? It's the, like you say, the fine line of, oh, I'm noticing all of these amazing, these, uh, you know, incredible number of things now before I came with my back. I thought it was just my back. And now you're telling me it's not just my back. It's my neck. It's my shoulders. It's my hips. It's my knees. It's my feet. It's my ankles. It's everything, it's my beliefs, it's the way that I move. But yeah, and we can now, it's like that ownership, isn't it? The ownership of, I have this thing, I can recognize this thing, now I can address this thing, and I have ownership of the tools I'm learning. I can make them my own, I can use them in the way that best serves me. Mm. So yeah, it, it is that self-compassion, self-forgiveness, understanding, being gentle with ourselves, it's okay. But also the laughing, oops, there I've gone again. That's okay. I've learned something because I've spotted it again. Maybe I've spotted it earlier this time or whatever it is. It's never the same thing, is it? It's always something new in the thing that we notice. Yeah, and I think that, you know, habits are designed to keep us safe. So it's yes. not surprising that in a, a, a common situation we might face that a habit might come back. Yeah. Because actually its job has been to get us through that mm -hmm. situation. And so I think that, yes, it is likely to be different, like you say, it's that you're likely to notice something slightly different. Maybe you notice it sooner, maybe you don't. But actually it is just that that, that is its, its job. And so noticing that actually, wow, my, my body and my brain are trying to keep me safe. They're trying to help me in this situation, but now I have the option to choose something different. 
And that's it, that everything our body does, whether that is dis-ease, pain, whatever it might be, it's always just trying to keep us safe. It's not attacking us, it's not going wrong, it's actually doing what it's meant to do. And when we can start to appreciate that and kind of forgive the, the discomfort of that and, and be open to exploring, okay, so what is it you're telling me? Maybe the language is something I'm not comfortable with, but okay, I'll, I'll accept that that's what you're doing and I will thank you. Thank you as well for carrying the stuff that you've carried until now when I'm ready to hear it. In, in all of those habits that you've been holding for me. <laughs> and the fact that habit is something that we've done, as you say, a lot of times. So the neural pathways are quite strong. It's like a groove that we can easily, if we're not being conscious, slip back into. And it can be good to focus our attention on where we want to be rather than, oh, there I go again, there I go again, which is almost kind of reinforcing that pattern an old habit being harder to unlearn than a new habit is to create. So being the energy that we want to have and using visualization, do you use that in Alexander technique? Um, I don't uh, personally, but um, I don't know if other teachers do, but I, I don't tend to, but um, I, I, I can see how it can be very helpful depending on what it is that you're working with. And even just when you were talking about the muscles and the, the bones and how they need, you know, the, what they're structured and designed to do, even possibly doing that in our heads or picturing, okay, so that's how, right, so I could do it that way. It's still a, a, an aspect of visualisation, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it is in a sense. And I, I, I get people to kind of go, well, you know, where is it? So what mm -hmm. can I feel? What's happening? Mm -hmm. and, and we start with kind of, well, you know, if we were talking about arms, let's say, so, you know, what, what I'll ask them some questions about, you know, how many bones are there and where do you think they are and what does it feel like and how yeah, does this, this is quite different where from what we might imagine. And then, and then we might be going, oh, well, and what does it actually, oh, yeah, you know, so quite often, you know, if we're holding tension, we're kind of making ourselves smaller. And quite, you know, often we need to remember that we've got depth and substance. So we might do that yeah. by going, well, actually, I am quite deep, or I might show somebody a picture of, like how many muscles and organs and other things there are in the torso. Because mm. it, it endlessly amazes me how it all fits in. But then that gives you that sense of solidity as well. And that, you know, mm. so it kind of depends what we're dealing with. So I suppose there is an element of visualization in that, in terms of showing them something and then thinking about, well, what is it like in me? Um, well, it gives us a greater understanding. Yeah. My mum used to have this amazing book when I was a child that was a set of transparent pages basically and you would have the skin on one and then you could put the bones over it and then you put the muscles over oh, it and okay. you put the internal organs over it and you saw how it all fitted together and you could pull bits to right I want to see how this relates to that and how this relates I've always since being able to just flick through that as a child had this fascination with anatomy I've got books on the thing books on the subject because I just absolutely boggles my mind how the body has evolved in the way that it has and all the things that it does for us I so i think yeah that this obviously just appeals to that part of me that we can I learn even more <laughs> I, I was just like what's so exciting i'm looking up at my shelf because i've got somewhere i've got a pop-up book of the body that sounds quite similar to that where you oh, can yeah. the parts and um, see how it fits in and you can get those plastic models can't you that you can see um this is how the the liver fits in and the stomach fits in and the, what goes through the diaphragm what's below what's above all of these wonderful things fantastic I resources i just have a little skeleton called terry <laughs> fitting up there he just he's just a skeleton but to show how how things are designed to move he's very flexible mm. and when you when you can see the bones and knowing that the wrist is made up of lots of tiny little bits uh, just within that small space and then you've got all the bones coming out and the knuckles and what's going on inside there and the fact that you've got two bones in the yeah. lower part of the limbs and how those then interact yeah yeah and how they how they help you to move in different ways and yeah. 
and how you know there are multiple ways of doing different things but absolutely mm -hmm. it's the kind of it's the amazing design that allows us to have these range of movements and so um, and the different kinds of joints that we have oh yeah they're just endlessly fascinating the knee in particular i love <laughs> because it's a very special joint <laughs> yeah it's interesting interesting i've had problems when i was a child with my knees that were you were supposed to grow out of but i carried on into my teenage years and then uh, it was discovered that my inceps had fallen my arches had fallen so obviously that impacts on your knees which impacts on your hips etc 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 so it's all interesting stuff as to how our body that you know the song about your knee bones connected to yes. but how that really is so true Absolutely. but one last thing i wanted to ask you about before we finish is you mentioned in your website about how alexander technique helps not only with physical structure and movement and and ease of movement reducing of pain but also helps to reduce stress that's a, a passion of mine can you tell us a little bit more about how this supports stress levels or you know reduces stress levels so i think it's quite similar to how we've been talking actually so it's noticing what so we work with the body and with the thinking but um, if I think about when I'm stressed, there is a particular pattern of tension that goes on in me. So if I start to notice my shoulders coming up or coming in, or I feel tight here, or I notice that I'm kind of holding, actually that's starting to tell me that something's going on. Or indeed, if I'm kind of, my brain is racing, I'm really kind of, I've got through this, I've got through this, I've got this, all of that kind of, you know, we're on that kind of treadmill. And I think that the way that it can help, firstly, it can help because you might start to notice what's going on in your body or what's going on in the racing and think, oh, hang on a minute. So with that awareness helps us with that because we might spot it sooner. I think that it can help in terms of, we learn how to let go of tension. We learn how to pause. And I think that what I mentioned earlier about just remembering I have a body, because more often than not for myself, when I'm stressed, I go up here and I forget everywhere else. I'm just in my brain. I'm just all about what have I got to do? I've got to get that list done and I've, I've forgotten this and I haven't. And so it's that kind of reconnection of the whole of myself, the pausing. Um, we, we, we use these, um, we can use instructions to kind of let go of tension to allow ourselves to be more expansive. And I think that that then creates that, that virtuous circle that we talked about, that as our body calms, it sends a signal to our brain that actually um, we're not, we're not, we're calmer. We're not, you know, we're not stressed because we're not doing stress pose. We're allowing to let go. And so I think that that then, the way I kind of have experienced it and I work with people, it, it just creates a possibility of a break in those thoughts and a break in that. So you might use it in that way in the moment, but we also have a, a practice, a lying down practice, um, which I recommend to people to try to, to do every day, which kind of lowers your background levels of stress, which then makes you have, obviously you've got more capacity and you're able to spot that you're, you're on that journey, let's say sooner. So that, is about you know it takes about 10 15 minutes 20 minutes maximum and you'll lie there and you're you're practicing alexander's technique which is also brilliant because it's a place to practice and an easy place where you're supported on the floor and you're getting gravity to help you because it's your friend but and allows you to let go because we're supported by the floor as we lie down with our knees bent um and we have our heads on the books but uh, i'm not going to talk about that in detail but also it's that, it's that pause, it's a true pause. It's a time to take a moment. And so we're using the same tools in a kind of background lowering way. And then we can use the tools in the moment if we find that we're feeling very kind of on edge or, you know, people will notice their, their own responses and what their version is. But for me, I'm always slightly forward. I'm always, kind of my shoulders start to come, I can feel that tension. And so now I spot when I'm kind of here, oh, hang on a minute, I'll just pause, 
and allow myself to come back. I'll just allow myself to moment. I might use a suggestion to myself that I have time. And even just telling myself I have time begins to allow me to, to work with that. And so we do it in that way, but we do very much work with that kind of how the thinking affects the body and how the body can affect the mind. Does that I love it all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I use a lot of similar techniques in my workshop about feel your way from stress into flow. Mm. And that right. whole idea of the vocabulary that your body has, what does my body do when I'm feeling stressed? Mm. So does it come forward? Does the, do the shoulders come up? Does my neck kind of tuck in? Yeah. Do, does my chest get tight? Does my stomach get tight? Do I get that knot in my stomach or that lump in my throat or the dry mouth? All of these things that can help. And like you're saying, to spot it then earlier and earlier so the body doesn't feel it needs to shout because you've heard it and you're taking action and it goes, oh, I've been heard, it's okay. All of those things. And then also to develop a vocabulary of how does it feel which I guess is what you're doing with Alexander Technique. How does it feel when I feel good? When I have learned how to support, you know, my, how my balance works naturally, how my body works naturally, how to use the joints and the muscles in the way that they're meant to be used in terms of the posture, but also in terms of when my life feels like actually it's coming together, my brain and my body are working together. All of these things, how does that feel? The flow and the expansiveness, I love that concept of that expansiveness actually so much more here at my resources my fingertips that I can use so that's that's the sort of thing that I look at in my workshop so it sounds yeah, very sounds, similar it does sound similar and I think that mm. one of the things about Alexander's technique as well you said about that kind of what's the language of my body mm. what is it that what's the how does it present for me and I think that that's very much Alexander's technique as well and then what we're also working with is what is what is my language of my brain mm -hmm. so what i what i love about working with people is that i'm helping them find their version of alexander's technique yeah you know it i thought when i started learning i would just learn what the teacher told me because i'm a very good student and it will all be fine but actually i'm learning so what what are the, the words that work for me? So quite often I'll be trying different things. I'll be getting people to explore. Well, when is it that, you know, so for me, it might be, can I let go? For someone else, it might be a completely different phrase. It Absolutely. May, it may be a picture or a visualization, mm -hmm. like you said, it, you know, because our, we're all so different, you're, you're learning your version, which I also love because it just kind of shows how unique we are again and how Absolutely. we can um, use it to, I just love it. I love it. And I love techniques. I'm passionate about that as well, that techniques that people can take and adapt and have ownership of. So it's not, you do this, 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 and this, and that's you sorted. Although that's what we think we're often looking for. I just want a set of steps and then I know that I'm gonna be there. But this I think is so much more empowering because I'm actually, what I'm getting is a set of tools that I have with me forever and that i can then use in like you were saying different situations different circumstances different times of my life they're always there and i they're not rigid and fixed so it's not just for this situation just for that situation i can use them anytime yeah absolutely and that's what i love because you can bring it into any moment whatever it is that you're doing I mean, teachers often specialise in particular things, so they might be helping somebody learn a violin or, you know, a, a very repetitive activity, perhaps, mm -hmm. or other things. But actually, yeah, I, I think of it as tools for life and to help you through in whatever it is you wish to do or indeed need to do, and you can apply them and you've got them there with you. They give you that, that extra bit of toolkit to come along. Definitely. So thank you so much, Jane. I've so enjoyed this we could have talked for a lot longer i think but yeah it's time really to draw it to a close can you just tell us where can we find you if anybody wants to connect obviously this uh could help so many people and so many people i'm sure are going to be thinking gosh that sounds fascinating where can they find you so they can find me on my website so uh www.freedomandease.co.uk 
or you can find me on Facebook um, under Freedom and Ease as well. Um, I'm thinking that's probably it actually. You can find Brilliant. me on Instagram, but I've only just gone there. So probably Facebook and my website are the easiest places. And maybe Instagram, watch this space. <laughs> yes, I've, uh, I've only just gone there. I haven't started yet, but yeah. Yeah, but that's brilliant. Thank you so much again, Jane. And thank you for tuning in. If you're watching the replay, just stick in a hashtag replay. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to post them and Jane or myself will come back to you. And if you're interested in knowing more about the workshop that I mentioned, I will post a link in the comments below. So. Have a lovely weekend and see you back next time. I'll be posting in the group more about who's coming on next as my guest and when that will be. And feel free to invite anyone along if you think that they would also enjoy these lives and the posts that I share in the group. Bye for now.